0: And now, enjoy this free Jayzoo Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Myth Bits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Myth Bits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode one hundred and twenty-eight. Welcome. <laughs>
1: The world of myth bits.
0: Welcome to the world of myth bits. I kind of want to take a split second to jump in and announce, I guess, <laughs> that this is not the review episode yet. Um, we will have the review episode next week. Uh there are some circumstances that just kind of weren't letting that happen right away. Uh, if you listened last week, you know that I had talked about getting a bone marrow biopsy and I had that done this week. The joys of it <laughs> were that I did not know that we were doing it not on my back where I'd had it done once before many many years ago and kind of knew what to expect. Uh, but having it done on my chest. And I'm sure there are people who have experienced a bone marrow biopsy and, and know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those of you who don't, it's it's the scene in Pulp Fiction where they <laughs> jam the needle, the adrenaline, into Mia's heart uh, after her overdose. And that is exactly what it felt like. It felt like being crushed alive. And it was horrible.
1: I was crazy because when he plunged the needle in, and he actually unscrewed the top and pulled the needle out through the top, and Ugh. then and then put the little uh little syringe on top of that, right? Because originally I thought he was just gonna like hook a tube up to it and be like, okay, I guess that's where it's gonna come through. Like it gotta suck, <laughs> But he slowly syringed it up. And yeah, like,
0: and oh, you boy. feel it being sucked out of you. Like I felt it from my like the V of my neck and like up those muscles. Like you. It feels like like everything in your neck and chest is getting pulled out through that syringe. It was very interesting, very painful um but and and comparatively like the one in in the back of the pelvis, like that I'd done before, like it was bad, but everybody compared it to like getting a, an epidural like everybody who, like, was trying to give me advice at the time because I was really young and scared. Like, it's like an epidural when you're, you know, giving birth and blah, blah, blah. And um, I don't know because I've never had an epidural. But it wasn't that bad. The worst part for me was that, like, I could, f- like, hear the bone. I could hear the bone, like, shift as the needle went into it. This time I didn't hear it. <laughs> I just
1: it. Could you imagine, like, if a vampire actually needed to get to the bone marrow instead of just the blood? That would probably, like, really put off the romanticism behind that. Oh, hands blood. down. There <laughs> is
0: nothing sexy about getting that bone marrow pulled. Yeah. Ugh. You would you would definitely not. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but you took it like a warrior.
0: Well, I tried. I couldn't see what was happening, which kind of drove me nuts. And, like, because I, I like to know what's happening but I tried. So ultimately at the end of the day, I have been working. I have been like nonstop going for the past month, month and a half. It's just been constant. And I think after the biopsy, I was so ready to just jump back into working that like, my body and my mind were just like, calm down. It's okay. And for the first time, like, I needed to rest. Um, this is, you know, I think just on the emotional level of going through this, this fun, <laughs> do I have cancer <laughs> uh, journey again, you know, and luckily, like my workload has has been able to kind of present itself in a way that like I can obsess over that instead of what's going on with me physically, and for my mind, I think it's good <laughs> because I'm stressing about something I have 100% control over, as opposed to obsessing over something I have no control over. Yeah, when it came down to it, I just, I I needed to rest. I I desperately needed to just stop. I mean, I still worked on some stuff, but I just, I had to, like, like, just stop and sit down and relax. You know, in addition to the biopsy, back on last Sunday... I found a lump on my breast and that did not bode well. (laughs) Like it's, it's, I think at any point, you know, especially as you start getting older, when you start finding lumps and lumps and I do not have a good relationship. That's why, like I said, I'm going through this again, but a lump in the breast first time, but I don't think I ever stripped faster than when the oncologist was like all right well let me check it out <laughs> rip my little bra off and I was like all right um and yeah he cleared it it's it's benign nothing to be concerned about so that like really trumped a lot of negative things even because it happened right before the biopsy so like I kind of had that little cloud to float on to carry me through like okay at least it's not you know a malicious lump in my boob like that I'm I'm happy with that. Yeah, so it's just kind of been Jenna needs to slow down for for a minute and I have slowed down. I kind of took the weekend to just um I don't want to say reset, just kind of quiet you know myself um watched more Westworld with my nephew. He wanted to watch jackass last night so we watched some jackass which was a horrible mistake the show or the movies the movie we watched jackass three nice um and it was a horrible horrible mistake because my chest like it's weird the pain like it's not that bad but it's radiated so it's like down lower in my sternum and then in my shoulders except when i laugh then I feel it right in the center of my chest. So I sat there and watched Jackass with an ice pack necklace. And that made it bearable. <laughs> so it was just nice. It was nice just to kind of laugh and relax and um, not, you know, obsess over things I have to do. As opposed to today where I'm really trying to kind of stop myself from obsessing. <laughs> because I work... I'm I'm an either-or type of person, you know. I am either... I've got to work nonstop until this is done, and that will lead to anywhere from like 8 to 12 hour days of just straight up working. If I don't have a reminder in my phone to eat, I would forget to eat. If we didn't have a routine for dinner time, I would probably forget to go eat dinner. Uh, (laughs) Like, I just, I want to, I obsess. I really, really obsess. And so, yeah, so I, again, I want to let everybody know when we do the reviews, we want to make sure that they are getting our full attention, that your stories are heard or read, um, that the artwork is really, really, like, like looked at, that the poems are, are understood. And this week, it just, like I said, I, I kind of needed to prioritize my health this week. So that's why the review will not be out this week but next week and I promise and it will be good and great and I'm very excited to be able to talk more about your submissions very nice all of that being said all of that gotten off my chest no pun intended we're inside your chest (laughs) it hurts uh it doesn't hurt that bad today so we do have some housekeeping there is some Interesting conversations to be had with this week's housekeeping. First and foremost, regarding Scarefare. there have been conversations of American Zombie, a Rob Zombie tribute band, to be present, and that would make me very happy. Because uh, yesterday I was actually listening obsessively so <laughs> to Rob Zombie because <laughs> there's a, a meme going around I don't know if you've seen it well not a meme it's a just a picture I've seen it floating around before and it's um it's live through the ditches laugh through the witches <laughs> love in the back of my Dracula. so I read that the other day and so I've been listening to Dragula a lot so anyway so that would be pretty pretty amazing to have
1: she who has an insatiable love for the
0: dead living dead girl now you need to edit it to where it sounds like that (laughs) okay so and on top of that also talks of a psycho circus maze and tons and tons of halloween themed vendors i am trying to get my friend on board who does amazing amazing things it just kind of depends on travel and um but she's also going through some health stuff so we'll see but that being said, I am so excited. Um, I can't wait. I, I feel so like I feel so at home in uh, any kind of horror convention. I'm supposed to be doing well, we're supposed to be doing Midsummer Scream, and that's been kind of put off for the past Two years, <laughs> a year and a half, because of COVID, and it's it's a huge, huge event. And I was actually gonna go and 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 relay back to Dave like, oh, here's what was so successful about it, and here's you know maybe some things that we could we could shift about it. But uh, fortunately, our space because it also wasn't cheap. It's down in Long Beach, <laughs> but they uh, boast like thirty thousand people coming through. So obviously at the time before COVID, I was like, let's jump on this. <laughs> anyway, so they put it off and put it off and put it off. And finally they were able to announce that they are postponing it one more year and putting it to next summer, which I'm fine I'm more than fine with. To jump into a huge I mean like if that first of all We're still in a pandemic, so 30,000 people is still out of the question, and I think they know that, too. That's just absurd. I I think I would just be so anxious. Like Even uh, when we went to the doctor's office, my blood pressure got taken, and it was high, higher than when I'm at home, and it's because I am a scaredy cat. Um, I just get really anxious being out in a bell, especially at a doctor's office where there's, you know, an oncologist's office where there's lots and lots of vulnerable people in there. The panic of, crap, am I trudging something in with me? So anyway, I'm sorry, I keep rambling. Yeah, Midsummer Scream got postponed, but Scarefare has not. We have the official date, October 30th, and I am so excited, and hopefully we'll... Start getting more and more news about guests. Uh, You all know what I'm waiting for. Uh, Events, you know, I know there have been a lot of really fun uh, conversations about what to feature. And I'm so excited because like I said, like these kind of events are my home. I feel so at home. So let's jump over to the open contract challenge. As you may know. The entries closed um, on April 30th, so we are a couple days beyond that, and now voting is underway. And as far as I know, I can't say much, obviously, but there were a lot of submissions, so I'm really, really happy to hear that because, again, I will always advocate for people to to do and try and put their, their work forward. I'm very excited to figure out and learn who will be moving on to the next round. Uh, So that means that next week, as well as the review episode, you will also hear through us, (laughs) Uh, we will announce the first two contestants. So I'm very, very excited and very proud of all of the participants and everybody who decided to put forth energy and their time and their skill into this contest. You should be very proud of yourself, too.
1: Thank you very much.
0: So moving forward to... What I've been engulfing my life in the past month. The Missing Unicorn in the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Uh, The book will be coming out this month. I have been, like, you've seen me. You've been watching me. Tell me what it's like to have been watching the love of your life, your wife. (laughs) Working her little patootie off (laughs) on this book.
1: Just another day. Just
0: another day. No, I've been I've been working obsessively I keep saying obsessively, that's word of the week, I guess. I've been working, um, very, very, very diligently to put forth the most uh delightful illustrations because I am illustrating it and it's been fun. I've obviously had to kind of learn a lot because I, I've never tackled a lot of the tasks in which I'm tackling at the moment so like we're talking you know actual like scenes uh (laughs) you know of uh I'm so used to doing like sticker portraits just clean edges you can slap it on a sticker and you're good to go there's no you know background foreground anything like that um but now I, I'm doing that. So it's been kind of fun and challenging. One of my favorite tasks and I think is really like definitive to who I am, especially like as as um, an artist. And something I've kind of missed is trying to figure out how I'm going to do something. So like I've gotten really complacent with a lot of my work where it's like, oh, you know, I, I do the the portraits and all that. But I haven't really had to really think about how I'm going to to go about doing it because it's just what I do and so with this where I've really like had to kind of sit and and figure out okay what's the best course of action to get this done should I do it in multiple layers should I do it you know in this way or this way and that's been a lot of fun like right now I'm working on the cover which I have some ideas. I need to start putting them to paper and see if it even works. But yeah, it's it's been really fun. It's been a pain in my butt because I've done it to myself. <laughs> Where I, like I said, it's it's I can control it. So it's easier for me to think on how I'm going to to progress in this huge huge task. And so, it's been fun though and i don't know what i'm going to do when i'm done it's looking
1: really lovely
0: well thank you yeah i have uh my <laughs> I'll, I'll try to remember to actually take a picture and post it to the the instagram my portfolio uh, or lookbook whatever is is probably like 6 inches thick at least it's huge um with all my illustrations <laughs> Be excited and be on the lookout for that. Um, I'm very proud. I have long wanted to illustrate a book. And I finally am. And that makes me very happy. Next topic. Uh, Mythmart is currently being built. And we are actively working on bringing new products in. Including some prints of mine. So that will be exciting. I plan to do exclusives is the thing. I want to... Really put forth something that only people can get from MythMart. Not from anywhere else. Maybe do like PCE exclusives too. But something that is just exclusive to the world of Myth slash uh, JZOMON. Just something that is only accessible from that forum. So that'll be exciting. Um, and also there are talks... To bring back JPWI to the people. And doing a show as soon as the summer. So if you are a wrestling buff, get excited. Get happy and get eager. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. Again, too, remember, we're, we're also trying to figure out uh, if there's anything for scarefare we can do. So remember, too, like for scarefare, talking about, you know, wrestling show then and all that. Um, so, constantly evolving news, and I think that will be quite a delight, and something that is desperately needed. I think everybody is very eager for, um, distractions (laughs) after the last year and so long that we've had to not have outings or things like that. Just gotta remember to do them safely! (laughs) People... On a completely opposite note, do not forget to read and vote for your favorite contributor at the World of Myth. That is pretty much it for housekeeping.
1: Speaking of that band, the uh, was a Rob Zombie, Rob yeah, Zombie Bob tribute,
0: Z- American yeah. Zombie.
1: Nice. You know that one band from Riverside,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, Hoity Toity. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Yeah. You know, uh, what was their single? My kind of coma, right off of Not Your Kind, I believe the album is. I'm going to go ahead and put that in the show notes. Um, probably post both of them in there, huh?
0: Yeah. They'd yeah. be pretty bad to That think. would be so fun All to right. have them. Plus I'd like to meet them. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like really genuinely miss that. Like when um, I think I've talked about it plenty though, like when our local music scene was actually notable. You know, and and really exciting and, and there was usually something like, every weekend. Something. Hopefully, once
1: that new venue opens up over there, might be able to have, like, something like that going on.
0: so hard to say. I know people have been trying to kind of recapture that same environment, but...
1: What's the issue with people now, you know? Because you don't know what's going to happen. Especially, I think the... What is that one down down the way? It's, um... Uh, whiskey... Whiskey oh, Barrel, whiskey something like barrel. that. Even, even an incident happened over there. And it's like, that's not t- even technically a venue. But yeah. they had somebody there performing and somebody got the wrong idea. That's odd.
0: Yeah, it seems like anytime time... I sh- probably shouldn't be... We shouldn't be talking about this when we're like, yeah, get this band to play up here. <laughs> but uh, no, it seemed like that was kind of the biggest issue. Anytime we had a, a venue, there was always something horrible that happened. You know, we had... The fly theater that burned down. We had Reflections that burned down. We had uh oh what else? Karma. Karma, there was a killing, a stabbing. That's a shooting. church now. It's it? a church mm-hmm. now. And then there's the Ponderosa. I don't think anything happened at the Ponderosa. The Ponderosa is a really cool venue because if you we live in the desert and the Ponderosa is on a hilltop. It's now actually the Hilltop Tavern. But at the time, it was the Ponderosa, Carmen's Ponderosa. Um, And it was a restaurant and all this. Well, when you walk outside, it's just overlooking the whole town. And it's so pretty. It was a really cool venue. Um, They even did, like, a Halloween thing there one year. That was really cool. Um, That venue was really fun and easy. It was easy because it was, like, they, you know, like, wasn't tight parking or anything like that. That was before your time. That was before you got here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, point is, it would be really something to have the music scene kind of amp up a little bit more around here. Or just to get some, some great performers at Scarefair. Absolutely. Yeah, I know, like, even with, uh, like, my nephew, with his his age range, there's one location... But uh, he's told me some things, a lot of a lot of skinheads and stuff. So <laughs> just don't want to don't want anything to do with that. Oh dear. Oh dear.
1: I think it was probably about a month ago. It was, well, it was before then. We were kind of toying around with um, this idea of to make the some of the submissions into the magazine into more so an audio experience, right? Um so we actually made one. It's not exactly on par of what I was thinking of 100% no. because this is one of the originals. Yeah, this, this is this was just a
0: quick test run, I believe. We were we were just kind of playing with it.
1: Right. So we're kind of just playing with it. Um but you had recalled the story about uh Manson and your pops and um what was that guy's name? Uh, the
0: Steve. driver? Yeah, Steve.
1: Steve. Um, and how they had met. And, and they were in high school together and everything like that. So we had, we had read against the story, and then I had composed against this story. And just to replay it as a refresher, it goes a little something
0: like this. The year was 1969. On the eastern side of the country, music fans were gearing up for one of the world's most iconic multi-day festivals. On the other side, we might find ourselves on the cusp of another event just as influential in contemporary history. And where we might find ourselves in particular is in Southern California, in the city of El Monte, where a newly graduated boy from Arroyo High School waits a night of, well, not debauchery or trouble, but something just shy of investigative purposes. Wayne Parker might have been anticipating a drive that night with a friend. He'd yet to ask permission from his mother, but surely he and his former classmate would be on their way to the city limits of Beverly Hills, only some thirty miles away in a short matter of time. What exactly were they planning on doing? How might two young boys going into the city have a devilishly good time? Perhaps they might take in a show at a famed concert venue or head to a spot on the Sunset Strip, only now beginning to harness its rock and roll legacy, where they might find themselves in the company of enigmatic peers. Wayne did, after all, look a few years his senior, as opposed to his friend who, although towering in stature, looked still quite like a freshman. But no, much to our surprise, the boys weren't going on a jaunty ride in search of a wild night, but rather to potentially sell some audio equipment. As the story goes, and they almost go somewhere, the dark deeds of the night were not at all to be perpetuated by the young graduates. Instead, a group of four fanatics, we could call them, would devour the night wreaking havoc in ways no one could have anticipated. And at the utterance of a very short phrase, this story will trigger the familiarity of that ghost that lurks in the corner of your childhood bedroom with a monster that waits for its feast under your bed. 10050 Cielo Drive Driving through the famed hills of Los Angeles, where silver screen stars dwelled in the quietness of the city, Under the purple and orange glow between the peaks of their stylized roofs and the plethora of stars, the daunting streets spiraled dangerously, skinny and winding and curving, and anyone who's driven those roads knows to proceed with caution through those treacherous, lavish lands, but the area was not unfamiliar to quite a few people that night. In approximation to what we've come to understand today, we know definitively of nine people that safely made it through those perilous, curling hills. How many more might have taken up the invitation that night? Nearly 10 or nearly 11, and even more morosely, nearly 12. If you've ever been to Southern California in the budding months of August, you know it can be sweltering. So to set the stage, it was that hot August night in Beverly Hills, where Linda Kasabian, Patricia Krenwinkel, Tex Watson, and Susan Atkins climbed a fence and entered the world of the rich and famous. Could they hear the thrumming of records playing in the house? The laughter and giggles of its inhabitants? It was not the fancy party at the house that caused the venturers to startle, but a pair of headlights that bled into the darkness, sinking down the driveway in their leave. And headlights, as we might be able to imagine, would do well enough to startle anyone sneaking around the blackness of midnight. And as records show, it was Tex Watson who leapt from the bushes that gave himself and his three comrades cover. Screaming at the blinding lights, HALT. If you've followed this tale so far, you might already know this tragic woven story that hangs over our heads. And so indeed you already know that the boy behind the headlights was sliced at in the containment of his father's 66th Nash ambassador. And there's a good chance you know the boy pled for his life as he guarded himself from the blade. The violence of the gruesome slashes caused tendons to split and a wristwatch to be flung to the backseat of the vehicle. But unsatisfied with his attack with the blade, Tex produced his firing weapon and shot the youth not once, or even twice, but three times. It was Linda Kasabian who crawled over the body of the young boy and claimed the wallet that contained the evidence of his identity. And now you might put two and two together, for that vehicle with the young now-slain driver, had been leaving the property's guest house. And in that guest house, where William Gerritsen lived, the young boy had been aiming to sell some audio equipment. And you might also know that Stephen Parent was the first to die that night. Because shortly after Tex, in his wretchedness, had taken Steve's short life, the group of four headed up the drive, pushing Steve's car with them, and entered the house to deliver their ruin on the guests of that house, including heavily pregnant actress Sharon Tate. And all this in the name of Charles Manson. But what you do not know, try as we might to track the steps of Steve Parent, it was he who had arrived at the front door to retrieve Wayne Parker to go with him to Beverly Hills. But Wayne's mother had interjected, for reasons unclear, and denounced her son to traverse the mileage from their home to 10050 Cielo Drive. And so the rumor spread to the Parker lineage that Wayne's mother simply had a bad feeling about that night. Yeah, I think in in our head we were trying to kind of do think like Vincent Price reading Edgar Allan Poe back in the '70s. You know, trying to do something like that.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, we we'll get that. And then, in um, my head, trying to uh, promote more of an audio drama type of uh, feeling behind it. And, you know, a lot of the idea came through. I heard this thing with Aaron Paul, like a project he was involved with, um, and I they had like a trailer for this audio drama reading of the book right i think it was a, a james patterson book or something like that and i heard the audio drama version of it right if there was no pictures to it you wouldn't know that you weren't watching a movie or listening mm-hmm. to a movie, movie rather you know
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny too because like if you drive down toward la and the radio station changes um it always kind of cracks me because they'll actually play like like movie trailers on the radio. Yeah. And it's kind of like that.
1: Yeah, and especially with like how how quick audio is being transformed into its own thing, you know. Um and even video backing against it, you know. Um like imagine like with the TikTok and everything like that. It's like that that uh that evolves so quickly, you know. Even like the whole meme game through TikToks and they have the uh uh, what do you call them, a trend or something like that um, to where it's like if they have... Remember I showed you that video that one guy was dancing outside of the car and like people would replicate <laughs> that where they walk and they would dance the song alongside of the car or whatnot. You know? The, the recording and everything was sound and the stories and everything is evolving so quickly. You know? Like, imagine how many... Movies they create now that are just animated, like, drawn versus three-dimensional, right? Mm-hmm. And I count that. Well, I mean, besides right now, you know? And then um, that creates a whole new open space, you know, for voice actors and everything like that, you know? So now you have tons, tons of potential for new ideas to be thrown around. You know, um, and it's
0: kind of funny because you think about it it's like where did really entertainment really really get its start you know uh beyond stage and whatnot, but you know radio so it's kind of funny that like we're we're really like looking to kind of reutilize that concept of uh audio productions,
1: yeah, well, yeah, I mean well being involved with magazine and everything, it it seems like, well, you know, you already have the the content. You know, you already have the content and the great content put forth and you have the capabilities, you know, so why not?
0: Yeah, when it it comes to the content, you know, it's really funny because as we kind of deepen and and strengthen our relationship with the world of myth and especially through the reviews and, and reading the submitted content (laughs) the submitted content uh you really kind of start to look at it a little bit a little bit differently because um I know the world of myth is as far as I know the only publication that does like a review and a podcast directly devoted to the magazine uh so that's kind of one and of itself and on that note and to kind of, like, give back to the contributors. And I think that's really kind of where the idea has, like, laid laid its nest. In we have these abilities to kind of give this to the writers. Does that make sense?
1: It's Almost like if you were to use, like, a feature like ACX, right? So if you go on to ACX and you uh, produce audiobooks for authors on there, right? And you have a couple of options in which to uh, grab royalties or not. You know, you could also just do it yourself, though. I mean, that's always normally the route to go if you're going to do it, you know, DIY. Uh, (laughs) But um, it's a little different because when you have a reading against the book instead of, Having an experience against the story, so hopefully that turns out pretty well. Also been working on the new intro, uh, so far for for our new intro, anyways.
0: Yeah, I want to I want to say something to you, my dear, sweet, precious partner in life. Uh, it's kind of funny because like yeah, you know, we're watching uh, Westworld, the nephew and I, and um, I don't want to bring this this up and. And upset you, but the contest that occurred many, many moons ago and, uh, and, you know, rewatching season three, which is where the contest aimed, uh, for the, the submissions, the scene from season three, re-listening to that soundtrack. I think that was the stupidest contest in the entire world because that soundtrack was so perfect. Like it's so good. That I don't, I, 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 th- wow! Like, how do you put people up against that? So, I just kind of wanted to.
1: No, he was one of the judges,
0: though. <laughs> Roman. Roman.
1: He was one yeah. of the judges. Um, and I, I can understand why they picked that particular scene because it. Essentially, had a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, you know, so genre. I know yeah. that's the
0: episode we're we're coming up on yeah, tonight. Exactly.
1: It, it it. Could've, they could have. They could have chose any other any <laughs> other you know scene to. I think it would be. actually Imagine interesting. if they
0: had done the fight scene with Wicked Game. What I think would have been
1: really interesting is if they actually chose a scene that had no score behind it at all. Yeah. Right. Which would be hard because that would be a dialogue scene for the most part. Yeah. Um. Not that you couldn't, but. I think that would be more of an interesting challenge. I said it wasn't challenging already.
0: Point is, I just wanted to gush and tell you that I'm very proud of ramen. Where you've come from, <laughs> where you're going musically and all that. So.
1: Oh, thank you.
0: <laughs> that was the point of that. <laughs> That, and I feel very, like, like uh, rewarded when, when the nephew, as he's watching, he's like, oh, my gosh, this music is so good. And I'm like, yes, it is. Like, it's just rewarding because I'm like, that that um, acknowledgement that I'm right, you know, <laughs> which everybody loves.
1: Tell him he trained under
0: a master. I don't think the teenager would grasp it.
1: <laughs> Pirate, just Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: Yeah. No, I tr- I try to I try to.
1: Or was that uh, was that part two of Pirates of Caribbean? I don't think he actually wrote the main one.
0: Yeah, it was uh, Dead Man's Chest. He did he do the Dark one? Knight?
1: I think he did the Dark Knight and True Romance.
0: Yeah, that one's a great one. Dope. I had the whole I had the whole soundtrack for True Romance. All right, I am going to go put some ice on my chest because it really hurts. Um, and in the meantime. You can find us on theworldofmyth.com, on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast and the World of Myth magazine, and on Instagram at the World of I will try to remember to post that picture because I realize we have not been very active on Instagram and that is my fault. <laughs> I will do better. Thanks for listening. Until next time.
1: The world of myth, bitch.